coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, 28 years after it's released, the worlds of Super Mario Bros. 3 are finally being ranked. Definitively. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I, uh, I'm i concerned about my posture. We both did uh, a thing during the opening theme music there where we sat up straight. Both of us. Uh, yeah. Like, up, up, up straight. Well, it's, You and I are tall guys, by the way. We are fairly tall. And when we both sit up straight, it the everything the table We're seems huge. smaller. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, it's 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 hard sitting up straight all the time. Yeah, like at, at work, it's very difficult to be like to sit up straight and be comfortable. Yes, and be like close enough to things. Uh, have you ever uh like sat in one of those like gaming chairs? No, I haven't. Is that does it like? force you to have good posture it forces pretty decent i guess not force you could slouch in it if you really tried um but like it encourages good posture um in like a comfortable way the only one i've no i guess i've sat in a couple but like the the one that i was like making note of how comfy it was uh they had one on display at c2e2 in chicago uh, and they wanted you to like post selfies of you in the chair to like win one uh and i regret to inform you mark that i did not win one of these chairs but you did post the selfie of course and <laughs> i used the hashtag whatever it was so i did everything i was supposed to do i don't know why i didn't get this chair <laughs> Um, what about standing desk? Have you ever tried this? Yeah, standing desks totally into it. Totally into it. Mm-hmm. I, I I like it for like two days, and then on day three, I'm like, I want to I want to sit down. What about well, what about like a desk you can put up and put down, like a, a modular the grand old Duke of York. The, well, that sounds lovely, but you know who has the time or money for something like that? Great point. Okay, uh, before we get <laughs> before we get any deeper into this episode and this topic, which of course is ranking the worlds from Super Mario Brothers three, um, a couple of things. One, we would love for you to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. It yes. Helps- to rank us highly. Right. And definitively, whatever ranking you give us, just like however we rank the worlds, uh, that'll be definitive. So if you give us five stars, we are a five-star show in perpetuity forever. So thank you for that. Uh, it helps us uh, to be discovered and all that good stuff. Um, one other thing that you can do that we would appreciate, Mark and I are going to talk about the eight best role-playing games to come out on Nintendo platforms. Uh, Mark, when is this happening? August 2nd, and we need your help. Why do we need your help, you ask? There's so many RPGs. There are so on many Nintendo RPGs. platforms. The Game Boy Advance, basically all that thing was, was RPGs. SNES, RPGs for days. For days. And the DS, don't get me started. I forgot about The World Ends With You until this very sentence. That's such a good game, and I was going to leave it off the list before this sentence. That's right. So we have to narrow down, of all the RPGs on Nintendo platforms, to the eight best of all time, Mm -hmm. and we need your help. 
Uh, so you should write in with your favorites to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Tell us why they need to be included. Or if you want to be like, I don't want to see a Golden Sun game on this thing, you got to tell us why. Yeah, Dragon Quest, more like Dragon PU. Oh my gosh. Uh, and also, like, maybe we should call it Dragon Warrior, right? Because that's how I played it. It was Dragon Warrior. Kids these days. We're old. <laughs> Look, 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 it came with my copy of Nintendo Power. Oh, yeah, that makes you sound much younger. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get into it. Let us rank the world from Super Mario Brothers 3. Ground rules. I want to lay them out first. Uh, we are just talking about the eight main worlds from the original release and I suppose All-Stars version of Super Mario Brothers 3. This means we are not including World 9, which is the warp zone, which is cool, but like, how are you going to rank that? Yeah. Um, and it is not including World E. Right, none of the E-reader stuff. None of the E-reader stuff. So that means we have mm-hmm. Grassland, in order of appearance in the game, right? Grassland, Desertland, Waterland, Giant Land, Skyland, Iceland, Pipeland, and then Darkland. Okay, so to represent these for our purposes, we've pulled we've pulled out some amiibos. We're visual learners. We are visual, and look, it is fun for us, and I don't know, maybe indifferent for you, when we have something in front of us to help us move around and determine what's what's best and uh, what 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 is not. So I would just like to walk our listeners through Please. The, the various uh, totems that we are using to represent these worlds. Representing the grassland is Donkey Kong. The, specifically the Donkey Kong from the Super Mario Brothers Amiibo series. Self Fitting. Ex- self-explanatory, right? Mm-hmm. He's from the jungle. Jungles are like grass. It's green. Some of these connections are looser than others. Uh, next, we've got uh, Urbosa. The champion of the Gerudo from Breath of the Wild, representing World 2, the Desert Land. Uh, and uh, coming up right behind her is uh, Mifa, the Rudo champion. Rudo? No, Rudo's the bird. Rudo's the bird. They are Zora, mm-hmm. the Zora champion from Breath of the Wild, uh, representing Waterland. Uh, then we have a uh, Yarn Yoshi, representing Giant Land. Because he's big. Yeah, he's like a Thanksgiving Day balloon. That's right. He's, Macy's, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's right. That's right. A very specific part of Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> Not just a regular Thanksgiving Day balloon. I mean, I also think you just have to stop saying Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> and we just call it Thanksgiving? We do. <laughs> unless it's the Macy's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day, Day parade. parade. That is weird. It doesn't make any sense. I have never thought about it before. <laughs> uh, and then Pitt is our representative for... Skyland. Because he has wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the one that makes the most sense. We have mm-hmm. KK Slider for Iceland because he is cool as ice. Mm-hmm. And then representing Pipeland, we have the Metroid Amiibo uh, because it's on like a little bit of a canister. Which yeah, looks like... you could kind of use it. You could use this Amiibo as a bong if you wanted. Right. Or as a shot glass I've actually seen <laughs> uh, people do that. And, uh, you know, a-, a Metroid is not unlike a piranha plant. Yeah, great. That's a great point. Um, and then, of course... Uh, bringing up the rear, the Darkland, Bowser's Domain, 
is being represented by Bowser himself, but decked out in his Super Mario Odyssey wedding attire uh, with his fancy white hat and white tuxedo. Uh, so these are the players. This is who we have to rank the worlds from Super Mario Brothers 3. Mark, do you have... I, I don't know about you. I did not prepare for this at all. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have a list. I also do not have yeah. a list. I suppose, in a way... We have both been preparing. We've been for preparing this. for it for twenty eight years. <laughs> exactly. I feel very prepared. <laughs> as, as in that way. I, do you have any uh, early favorites or uh, any early that you're like I ju- I just want this one to be near the bottom of the pack. I've got one to bring up the rear. Okay. And as much as it hurts me to do this because I love KK Slider, I think Iceland is not very much fun. I think a little bit mm-hmm. of the slippery physics goes a long way. Yeah. Ice, like, slippery platforms are one of those things in video games that, like, I know we still do, and they still appear in, like, every platforming game, but I'm not sure why we like it. I don't think we do. I think it's merely, like, a trope of the genre that at this point you're like, oh, we're making a platformer. Okay, you have, like, maybe it's going to be windy. Right. Um, and you we're going to have an ice, we're going to have a fire level, we're going to have an ice level, mm-hmm. and the ice level is going to be slippery, even though nobody when, likes it. No one likes it. You think when they're going through, like, the design process, someone's like, Hey, would this ice be slippery? <laughs> this, this is slippery ice, right? Then someone's got to be like, oh, man. Yeah, I guess this is a slippery icy yeah. level. Yeah. No, I do not care for it. Um, so that's my nominee for worst. So here's another, a- another thing about, because I, I, I will agree that I think it should be towards the bottom. I don't know the very bottom, but may- maybe you're right. Um, it is far enough along in the game and not the final level that it is one that I didn't play very much as a kid. Um, that by the time I got to World 6, I was warping to the end, um, if not earlier, right? Um, so World 6 and 7, for me, Iceland and Pipeland got the least play when, for, for me when I was a kid. Pipeland, for sure. If, um, for me, it was like far and away the one that I played the least as a kid. Yeah, and Pipeland, even today, there are times when I get when I get to it and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Um, and like I always know what I'm supposed to do in Iceland. It's just grueling, and I'm just dying a lot. Or I get somewhere and I'm like, oh, I need fireballs to you know burn the ice or whatever. I suppose you melt it. <laughs> um, so I I will agree that the that I would like the the ice level. Uh, low on our list. I think another one that I would want to put low is the Waterland. Um, there are things that I like about the Waterland, but for as much as I don't like skidding around, I also don't like swimming. Um, there is an auto-scroll swimming level in uh, World 3 where you have to like swim between just like some stationary jellyfish and there's like a big fish like swimming back and forth. That just stresses me out, and I don't like it. I don't care for that level. Uh-huh. I also, uh, so when we got the NES Classic Edition, and I was trying to play Super Mario Brothers three using like the original controller, mm-hmm. um, I found the level. It's like early in World Three, where you see the big fish for the first time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's I found a, that one infuriating. That's like three two or something. It's it. That's real early. Um. Yeah, where he's just like jumping up out of the water, and it's like uh, th- everything is like going up and yeah, down. like the tide rises and like, yeah. Uh, I found that level very infuriating. One area that I'm going to say that world uh world three is very cool 
mm-hmm. the water level's really neat is how you can like um use a hammer to to get um, to the canoe to get to like the canoe and then like canoe over to the um like mushroom houses yeah and like the card and stuff like that and you can all uh and you know you can go all the way over there and like see where the castle is and all that kind of stuff it feels very it felt super cool yeah and that one also has a lot of the like raising and lowering of bridges between Mm -hmm. worlds which trying to think of like when else that actually comes into play but like there are times where you're like Oh, I want to go to that toad house. Oh, I can't because the bridge is up. I have to go play another level and then I can cross over it or, you know, whatever. And then also uh, it matters where you encounter the the Hammer Brothers because if you run into them on the map in a space that has water on it, then you fight them in some shallow water. And if you're little Mario, if you're not big Mario, um, it's like really tough to fight them in the water because you're like swimming through it. Well, and it's possible to like avoid certain levels or like sometimes chunks, the hammer yeah. brothers you know uh because you're using a one of those bridges right and then if you die on the um right then you had to go back and the bridge goes up <laughs> right exactly so yeah no, or or if you die um in the like boom boom fight mm-hmm. or on the uh what are those called like airship yeah uh, in in the airship level the airship will travel and it's possible that you won't be able to like get to where the airship has landed. Oh yeah. Until you have until either the bridge comes down or you complete a level that you didn't complete previously. Right. So there are some things about like the overworld map of uh the waterland that I think are cool, which so okay, let's let's just start uh sort of ordering things yeah, I mean, I think in the, a preliminary way. Yeah, I think Waterland is I think the first couple levels are not super fun, but once you get out of those like first five, I don't. I think it gets pretty neat. You think it gets pretty neat? I think there are. Okay, so there the level with Spike with Spike in it, and I think it's the it's the only time. No, I guess he appears other parts in the game too. Um, but like the first time that you uh, meet Spike and he's like spitting those balls out and throwing them at you, um, that level is stressful. And that's one of like the deeper, uh, deeper worlds in there. Um, so stress is your big concern here. I guess you, I fi- don't... you find uh, world three. You find Waterland to be stressful. I I don't. I find the water parts of it to be boring, and the reprieves from the water parts to be stressful. Okay, I think that's fair. Um, but so just prelim- preliminarily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we are putting uh, Iceland at number eight and water at seven, though. With the full knowledge that uh, either of those can move at, at any time, um, where do you want to go next? Do do you have any like favorites or like things levels that you're excited about in this list? Well, I'm trying to uh, figure out my feelings on Giant Land. Okay, because I think visually it's really fun, mm-hmm. and again, like when you first encounter when you encounter it for the first time. Yeah, it's, it's like mind blowing. Whoa, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that like the level design is all that fun. Yeah, and there are like the the levels in there that um, like I guess it's maybe just the one where you're switching back and forth between like giant and normal size. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's 
it's one of those things that I've never figured out like, oh, it's better to do this way or like I should, oh, I should be normal here and then giant here. It's just like kind of random and just sort of the game showing you that it can do both. You're like, okay, but what's the point of this? Um, that being said, uh, the the novelty of like the fat Hammer Brothers, they're so good, Mark. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're trying to figure out where where you like to put them. Right, because I'm not sure if like my love of it is just like the novelty. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that the platforming itself is all that special. Sure. Uh, well, maybe we can set it aside for a second because I, I think um for me the sort of middle of the pack here is uh grassland. Um, desert land and giant land. The, the that would be the the middle, and then the remaining sky pipe and dark would be in my top three. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, or I mean, what what are you, what are, generally what are your thoughts on uh like grassland? It is the most common, the the world that you've played the most. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's also its own special kind of iconic. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I think I would actually rate Grassland a little bit higher than you, if only because I think even though it, it is like beginner levels, yeah. it does such a good and thoughtful job of introducing you to all of the mechanics, pretty much, of Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, like, in those first three and four levels, you see so much. You have, like, the auto-scroller, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the first time that you can drop a, you like drop behind the map, mm-hmm. and you and you can get a warp whistle. Also, the um, the first time you can fly is yeah. so early in that game. Yeah, it's in the very first land. Yeah, or very, very first, first world. world. Yeah, um, level. What are we saying? <laughs> <laughs> level. Well, let's go with level. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's it's hard for me to, uh, I agree that it's not the most inventive. Mm-hmm. But I, for me, it would rank pretty high up there. Okay. okay. Um, I think the desert is v- very middle of the road. Yeah. I mean, what's what's notable about the desert? What 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 do we think is is good or like cool about the desert? It's got that uh, sun chases you level, mm-hmm. which is fun. And I've noticed that uh, in 2018 has become a like a meme about like how hot it is right <laughs> so be like remember the sun from super mario brothers 3 that tried to kill you that's today <laughs> um so obviously every it's that's something that has uh like burned itself in all of our uh collective memories and imaginations what else is cool about uh, the the desert land it was it the introduction of chain chomps or did chain chomps exist previ- previously oh that's got to be the introduction of chain chomps i think you i think you cracked it and chain chomp as we all know is uh like the best character in Mario Tennis Aces, right? Not that we will let that sway our um ranking. Oh, I disagree. I would say that any and all other things can sway my ranking. <laughs> I am not going to be focused maniacally on just Super Mario Brothers 3. If my opinion can be swayed by any outside source, it will be. <laughs> um do you remember the uh the chain chomp with with the bow in Link's Awakening? Yeah. You had to like find the bow for her. And like get some dog food or something. It's a really good chain chomp. It's like that's that's probably my favorite chain chomp. Um, but other than that, other than the intro of chain chomps and a son that's trying to kill you, um, yeah, I, I would say that the desert land is maybe near the bottom of the list 
for me. Yeah, and the world itself, you know, like we are giving some props to Waterland for doing something interesting with the overworld. Desert Land doesn't really do that. There are a couple of branching paths, and you know, there it, it is the first time that you like run into, like you said, that's uh, the sun level, right. where even like the icon for it is a little bit different. It's different, yeah. It just looks like uh, some kind of like quicksand, quicksand thing. type thing. It also does have the uh, level that's like, you know, world two dash pyramid, um, and you never encounter pyramids anywhere else in the game. So like, I mean, this is this is all going to be hard because this is a phenomenal game and all of the worlds are basically good. Except for Iceland. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's let's uh, tentatively put the desert land um, in at number. Si- oh, you want to put it behind uh, Waterland? Yeah, because I at least I think that Waterland at least does something interesting with the overworld. Uh, okay, I will agree with that. There, um, there was something transgressive about getting into that canoe for the first time. Yeah, and, and just like moving all around like the map, you could just like you would like. Uh, found something. I would, I would, I, I, I agree with that, and I think we we can let this uh this ranking stand. But I would also say that there is something a little bit transgressive about when you reach the uh upper right corner of World Two and use the hammer and discover that there's like a third screen of that level that has just a hammer brother, uh, like a fire hammer brother, and a toad house in it. That that's one of those things where you're like, whoa. I, there's just more of this map here, um, and they're they're both exciting. But like, yeah, the the canoe where you're like, oh, I'm gonna go through these streams now, or go check out the the final castle and then have to loop back around, is is pretty cool. Waterland also introduces us to the frog suit. Uh, is that a plus or a minus? It's a plus. You'll need it later, in, or it's helpful later in Dark Land. Uh, to get past that in like the boat level, yeah, that boat level. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it you don't, a- you don't, you clearly do not like the frog suit. I, I don't. The only thing I like about the frog suit is the uh, giving yourself that extra challenge of beating a um one of the, one of the airships so that the king can mistake you for a frog and be like, oh no, we need to get the magic wand so we can change you back too. I think that's cool. <laughs> um, all of the, uh, the the three different suits have, like, the kings say different things to you. Um, forget what they say if you're the Tanuki suit, but if you have the Hammer Brothers suit on, they try to buy it off you, which is funny. <laughs> I don't know. They're just like, yeah, Mario looks cool with that helmet and, like, throwing hammers. Like, let me buy it from you. Also, the Hammer Brothers suit was probably my least favorite, so just... Another check in the Iceland at the bottom. Oh, um, sure, sure. Um, I always uh, associate the Hammer Brothers suit more with Pipeland. Um, oh, interesting. I think you do. You do get it uh, earlier in in World Six, but like, I don't know. I, I just feel like with the arc of the hammers, that is more useful to knock out um, piranha plants and stuff like that. Um, and also, you can duck and uh, be protected from the fire they shoot at you. Uh, all right. So this leaves us with. We've only we've only ranked three of these so far. Um, what do you what do you think about uh, Giant Land going next here? Yeah, that that feels right to me. Um, and then I would okay. So here's the thing: is I'm surprised Pipe Land is at this point would be going as high as it is. So high middle is where Pipe Land is going at the moment. 
in the upper in the upper half. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I will defend its position here uh, partially just by novelty um, because I didn't play it that much as a kid. Um, but I think as a consequence of that, that's the world where I feel most like I have the most rewarding play sessions as an adult that I am like have to take a second to like think about what I'm going to do or be like, okay, so, you know, there's that one part where uh, you have to like get a star and then like you're running across those like little bitey plants and you have to like knock another star like out of its box and then wait until the very last second for your star to run out so you can grab another star and keep going. Um, Those kinds of things and those like, uh, those platforms that like raise up. I love, yeah, in those like vertical levels, mm-hmm. and like you hop on them to like make change the direction. Arrow. Yeah, um, those are so cool, and like I don't know, all of that is so exciting and challenging that even even now playing the game twenty eight years later, um, it still feels uh, like fresh and challenging. Another thing that's fun about the pipe land. I was about to call it world, and then it's level. Gonna, it's so, going to be yeah. tough. We're, we're all over the place. <laughs> Pipeland. The another fun thing about Pipeland is like, a um a lot of the levels and especially those like beginning levels are very like vertically oriented, and so it does that fun thing where if you run to the right, you come out from the left hand side. I love that. Yeah, um, which feels very original Mario Brothers, not even Super Mario Brothers. Um, and I mean, there, there's also just something very cool about the theme of the level, which is so Mario-y, right? Like, there's no other game that you would be playing where you would come across a pipe land, right? Um, that can only happen in a Mario game. Um, whereas, like, the rest of these are, you know, ice. Uh, I was going to say snow. <laughs> ice, snow, flurries, skiing, <laughs> snowmobile. Um, but yeah, like water. Yeah. Uh, all of these like elemental things, and then Mario's like, no, nah, this this one's different. This one is um, pipe. So that that's why I would like to place it higher on this list. Um, if that's where it's gonna go, I think that's that's okay, and I'm I'm happy with it at at number four. Um, are, are you thinking that there's something else that should be in that place? Uh, I th- <laughs> grassland was the only thing that like really comes to mind. Although I'm looking at like. Uh, what's left here? I'm looking at what's left here, and I think it's it makes sense that these are like the upper half of it. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear your pitch for Darkland to be like number two. Uh, so I, I, I for me, I think Skyland and Darkland are n- number one and two, and I don't know what which order. Um, so Darkland, I think, is cool. Because of the, uh, first of all, almost every world is like a, a unique experience, right? Every every level in it is a unique experience. This one is a barrage of tanks. This one is a barrage of boats. This one is a fleet of, uh, you know, little airships. Uh, this section is you're going across like some weird bridge and maybe a hand grabs you and you got to like do some weird obstacle course or like fight a bunch of Hammer Brothers or something. Um, and then like, you know, something like three or four screens into this uh, world and you start to get to a numbered level. Like, you know, you, you get to world 8-1, you know, after you've been playing it for like half an hour. Um, and it all just feels like so epic and appropriately dark, right? Like uh, when you go into the outside levels, the sky is black. 
Um, and even the features that you're used to seeing as like green or whatever are just like weird, almost surreal white outlines. Um, these hills that used to be like luscious green things are just like ashen white and like the hills are enormous, right? They're mountains suddenly. And it's just, it's all so big and crazy. And it has Bowser's castle at the end of it. Which not to burn a potential future ranking episode, but maybe the best Bowser's castle ever. Yeah, that's a very good Bowser's castle. Second, maybe only to Mario Kart 8. And it's a really good uh, final Bowser fight. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then the fake out at the very end where you, it's like the princess is in another castle. Right. Ha ha ha. That she Just laughs kidding. at you. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, stop it. <laughs> but actually like got at me when I was a kid. Did it really? Uh-huh, and my sister like beat it for the first time. <laughs> uh I, I i like that a lot that it actually worked on you uh i i think i, I don't know i'm trying was trying to remember what my first impression of it was 28 years ago mark <laughs> who can remember also i still think like the lasers that shoot out of uh bowser's the like yeah uh bowser statues like mal's like looks super cool yeah it looks super cool sounds super cool um on the subject of sound super cool the overworld music in world eight is cool um and yeah i don't know just everything about it feels like the game means business and uh i think you may have already touched on this but just the idea that it's like it builds to this and the world eight is so different from anything that like came before yeah like immediately the challenge is there um it's weirder you know they're like the hands that are grabbing you and stuff yeah you know there's just like so much going on like it feels like you're building to something climactic which i don't know that any of the other mario games like really do in the same way yeah i would agree with that totally and there's also i mean to to go back to the idea of warping um yes we've probably grasslands is the level that we've played the most followed i'm sure by desert land but then after that like somewhere you know by by the by world two you've you can have three or four warp whistles like you're getting out of there um so like the dark world is one that i have also played a ton because there's no skipping it um if you are playing super mario brothers 3 you're playing the dark world um so it's uh for as challenging as it is it is built into my like muscle memory of the game um so it's scary, but it also feels like home to me. It's also one of the, like I would say well balanced because mm-hmm. it is challenging, but you know you can use any of your power ups that you've earned, right? So you know if uh, use them P wings, use the P wings. But even then, there are certain levels that like P wings won't necessarily help you through. Like you're not really going to be able to use P wings for the whole thing. Yeah, um, and there are there are uh, levels in that in in World Eight that I always use a p-wing for it the 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 one with the armada flying airship oh yeah that um, one is miserable it's I, it's a nightmare to try to play it without a p-wing right um but it's just it's one of those things that you like keep in the back of your mind you're like that that p-wing i just earned here at the end of world one i know where i'm going to use it <laughs> um so yeah it's it is near and dear to my heart as uh you know so, something kind of kind of special there so skyland is also really cool because it's like 
two worlds, mm-hmm. two lands, I guess. Yeah. In one. Separated by a weird tower. Which I've always assumed is like some riff on the Tower of Babel. Maybe how they like built it so they could into get the into the sky. Yeah, so they could like get into heaven and fight God. Maybe this is a little bit like the story of Nimrod or Final Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy. You can I, see I, our I, earlier episode about weird games that we played with Greg Smith, who uh, knows he's bad, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I always assumed it was one of those things that like, uh, like one of those biblical things that got lost in translation basically and turned and, into and got like, this, like super, video game like yeah. got super muted throughout the process because nintendo didn't want to offend anyone right by including religious imagery uh yeah it could be uh the, just like whatever that strange strange narrative is um like that that's the only world that has like a little bit of a story to it where you're like you're on the ground you climb this tower and like the the level that is the tower is very strange, right? Yes. Um, like the music is like kind of like quiet and scary, and it goes back and forth between you. Like first you're inside a building, and then you're kind of like outside, uh, like climbing around on the top of this thing, and then you're like up in the clouds. It's all very strange. There's also uh in that level there are like orb light like lights yeah that are orbs that are hanging from the ceiling and as a kid i always thought those were nooses oh my god that's dark mark <laughs> oh they're just lights yeah they're just nice looking <laughs> lights little chandeliers <laughs> or something um and then come on once you get up there once you get up into the clouds then the levels get like cool and strange and challenging challenging um there's that level with the like little flying beetle guys that like when you land on them, they kind of dip, but then they start to rise again. Um, and there's it's just a whole world of like there's no there's no floor to it. You just have to like ride these beetles forever, um, which is a super cool and challenging thing. Uh, that's where the uh, is it Cabrico Kubrick the boot. What's it oh called? yeah, oh, so we always called that the sleeping bag level. Okay, tell me why. <laughs> because we didn't think of it as a boot. We thought of it as like jumping into a sleeping bag. Look, there's a power-up in this game that you can only get in one level. What? And it's a giant wind-up boot that you steal from a Goomba. What is happening, Mark? <laughs> uh, Skyland is also where you get, uh, like, the... Or is it all Tanuki suits that you can turn into a stone statue? Any, any Tanuki. Oh, that, okay. But I think that's where you start to really encounter them. There are some Tanukis near the end of World Four, but or maybe just the the one. Um, so you know you don't really have the opportunity to like start using them until uh, World Five. Um, and then I feel like there's uh, so World Five also has that uh, I think it's the the penultimate uh, like the level right before the uh, airship that uh, is sort of a vertically scrolling uh, level where you're just like riding platforms. And there's that like flying cannonball thing that that spits has a trail of like fire. Yeah, it is that that level is challenging. Yeah, that's a tough one because um, there's some jumps you have to make where like the platform you're on is going uh, vertically. 
or no, horizontally, mm-hmm. and you have to get onto a platform that's going vertically, and so you have to time your jump very specifically. Yeah. And do one of those like impossible Mario physics jumps where you go, you jump one direction and then and loop then back correct around. Correct it. Right. Um, and a lot of those jumps where you have like one opportunity to do it right, and if you don't, oh, then you're super dead. And you're super dead. And you can jump on the cannonball mm-hmm. to uh, make it like die. Uh, but another one's coming for you. Uh, another one is coming Just for you. Just a few seconds reprise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reprieve. Uh, so I, l- I like Skyland a lot. Yeah, Skyland is definitely uh, up there with Darkland. Okay, so do we agree then that maybe Grassland should be coming in at number three? Yeah, the only thing that I was wondering with Grassland is after we were talking about Pipeland so much, mm-hmm. if we wanted to switch the position of those, like should Pipeland be three? Um. With Grassland being four, I yeah, I would agree with that one hundred percent. I I hold Pipeland in in pretty high regard, and I know Grassland is obviously iconic, and everyone has played it, but like, the Pipeland is just so much more exciting. It is more exciting. I will say, are we like leaning too heavy towards like, oh, but this one's challenging? I mean, we we have to look at this game as thirty year old men. In in the year 2018, who have played this game a million times. Uh, we talked about standing desks. We're so old. <laughs> it's true. But you're right. Pipeline's right. coming in at number three because we're the ones making this list, and it's, defini- <laughs> it's definitive. <laughs> this list reflects us and also the absolute reality. Um, okay, so that means that the top of our list is the last part here that needs to be decided. Skyland v. Darkland. Can you make an argument for one over the other? Mark. I'm really struggling with this. It's tough, right? Like, I think they're both awesome worlds, and I'm super excited to play either. Um, when I was a kid, my preferred path through the game was to play up to World 5, um, Sky, Skyland, uh, and just play whatever levels I felt like playing until I got like frustrated and then warped to the end because then I would have enough power-ups to weather uh, World 8. Um, which means that I didn't always finish World 5 um, but would always finish World 8. I don't know what that means for which one I like better. You know, so I think I look forward to Skyland more than I look forward to Darkland. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like there is the boot level that will forever be the sleeping bag level to me. Absolutely. Uh, there's the weird like tower into the sky. Yeah. And honestly, that's preceded by a level where you're just like falling as well. Right. Where you're just like falling into like some weird water pit, which then becomes like some weird ice cavern or something. (laughs) Um, yeah, I th- I think I think I gotta go Skyland. Yeah, as as number one, and then Dark as number two. Yeah, I feel really good about that. All right. Um. So our our definitive ranking of the Super Mario Brothers three uh worlds levels world uh, yeah kingdoms who knows galaxies uh coming in at number eight is uh world six ice world uh coming in at number. Seven is World Two, two. Desert Land. Uh, coming in at number six, World Three, Water Land. Coming in <laughs> at number five, World Four, Giant Land. Coming in at number four, World One, 
Grassland coming in at number three, World 7 Pipeland coming in at number two, World 8 Darkland, and coming in at number one, your best definitively world in Super Mario Brothers 3 is World 5 Skyland. Mark, I think this is a great list. I think this is a great list, and when you were reading it at the end, it sounded like one of those uh, brain puzzles that's like, and what was the name? What was the eye eye color of the bus driver? That's right, because you were trying to add all these numbers together, and you should just remember that you were the one driving the bus. Um, all right, uh, Mark, we've come up with a definitive list here. But if anyone wanted to, you know, add to it, I don't know how you would add to it. There are only eight. If anyone has a problem with this list, what can they do? Uh, email us. They can email us by sending an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. All right, Mark, we did a great job here. Um, I say we close this out. Okay, and that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, if you like the show, please share it on Facebook and Twitter and wherever you can share things. We love all of that. Um, on Twitter, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. Um, and you can find us on Facebook, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers just warping to the end. Thanks for listening. Campfire.